So this episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker and Meg, why don't you run down what Inside Tracker is and what you can get? Yeah, so Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics. With a simple blood test and using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. And the good news for our listeners is for a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash drop in. Hi, this is Thomas with Believe in the Run. This is Robbie with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan with Believe in the Run. And you're watching The Drop, our or, weekly... What? Or listening. Oh, yeah. Or listening. <laughs> watching Mostly or listening. listening. Yeah, people do that with podcasts. Um, and uh, today... Wow, it sounds a little more echoey in here, doesn't it? because their shoes are out. The shoes, like, dampened up some of the some of the echo. Anyway, anyway, this is our podcast about all things running. And, of course, uh, we're getting kind of known for our nonsense uh-huh. uh, and our rambling... Uh, I, I don't want to say rambling because there is a podcast called Rambling. But what's funny is we ramble more than rambling. That's true. <laughs> uh, yeah, so <laughs> you should go listen to Non-Rambling Runner over on that podcast. But over here, you're going to get the nonsense. we got to come up. You're the wordsmith. What's another word for rambling or nonsense? Um, BSing. Yeah, the bullshit running. Uh, <laughs> no, because that doesn't, that doesn't do it justice because what we do is we kind of slide off topic mm-hmm. and slide into other topics and then come back. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, ADHD style conversation. So okay. if, if you have problems paying attention, this is the podcast for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you agree, Megan? Sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's get started. Robbie, you want to you want to kick something off? You want to talk about something? I mean, I just want to talk about Marathon Race Week, New York City Marathon coming mm. up. It's a big week. It's f- apparently this podcast will come out Friday, which is the day before we do our shakeout. So if you're still stranded and wondering what you're going to do tomorrow, come over to the shakeout. If for some reason you're, you are going to be in New York City and discovering our podcast today. Yeah. <laughs> and it's going to be insane because we already have over 500 registrations for the shakeout Can run. Effe- officially over 500? I'm going to look up the exact number right okay. now. Okay. All right. It's going to be, be it's going to be huge. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, that's funny because it's right like by Trump Tower. I know. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't matter what the real numbers are. Here's the thing. There's going to be like 40,000 shakeout runs. Mm -hmm. We want ours to be the best. Yes. So come to ours. Yes. It's going to be. Yeah. No no questions. I mean, it's going to be cool. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody. It's always good to catch up with like Kafuzi and catch up with... 511. We're at 511 registrations. Yeah. Official. Boom, boom. That's amazing. That's half a thousand people. (laughs) Oh. Quick math. You know what? I got something exciting. I have 10 chances... To be a one point two Why are you telling everyone? Oh, did you buy the Powerball ticket? Or did is that is it big right now? It's one point two billion dollars, oh, the second largest ever in history. I will tell you what, Robbie. If I win and I'm going to state it right on this radio show, I will give you a million dollars just just to okay. Just hey, here's a million. What a guy. Maybe I need to slide down to Rofo real quick and snatch some tickets up. Yeah, yeah that's where I did I'm mine. A- they have that machine. You can just okay. 
Usually I just like pick ones off off the ground and see if they're winners or not. Maybe like someone dropped it, like they were drunk and bought it and forgot. Yeah. I don't know. How has that worked out for you so far? I'm just kidding. I've only done that like a couple of times. I did look at the random (laughs) numbers and I'm like, I mean, it doesn't matter, right? Because it is, the pick itself is going to be random. But is there any way their computer knows like the least random numbers to pick out? I don't know. I don't know. Because mine look. There's like there's one string where it was all in what the fifties. What are your chances of winning? One in a gazillion. That you're saying I got a chance. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I was gonna go into some story I read about a guy in Michigan who was uh, thought he like figured out a way to beat the system and just end up like leveraging all these real estate deals into buying like fifty thousand dollars in lottery tickets a day, like from oh, a package wow. store there. Did he win? Well, so he did win. He was winning and like and up because you're betting so much that it's easy to be up a million dollars or whatever. Easy. And he won over like $18 million in the, this is the generic lottery, the one that plays every day. Okay. So, but the thing is he kind of just got lucky in the very beginning and thought he had figured out a system and then it, like he had some big hits early on and then it went went, went downhill fast and... Yeah, it wasn't good for a lot of people because a lot of people thought they had bought real estate and were just actually, <laughs> it was a Ponzi scheme that, to buy lottery tickets. That's kind of crazy because <laughs> like in college, we had, I think that's how people get hooked into gambling. So you go over to a friend's house one week and he's like, hey, I'm going to place a bet with a bookie. And back in when I was in school, you had to use a bookie. <laughs> you like well, go up to a shady side yeah, alley door. It, and yeah, yeah. You call, <laughs> make a phone call. Um, and you do your first one. And you're like, I just got $100 for doing nothing. Mm-hmm. And you're like, dang let's do that again and the next thing you know i actually have a somewhat conspiracy theory but i'm pretty sure it's real uh around that stuff so back in the day when you play online poker when it was super huge to get Mm -hmm. into that um i noticed that every time you would play on a new platform you would go up like several hundred dollars just playing like normal texas hold'em games and then it would you wouldn't change any of your strategy or anything and then it would just like Go back down. And same thing with DraftKings. Like I don't think, yeah, stuff. I was going like, to say, I don't think that's a conspiracy theory. They're like, your first bet is free. No, but it wasn't. It was like just playing normal. Boom. Well, no, no, I believe you. I, I believe that they get you hooked uh, by letting you get, throw you some nice cards yeah, every now and then. You get, you get a win. And then, hey, you always are chasing that feeling again. So yeah. once you get that winning feeling and then it goes away, you keep going back because you're like, I, I, it'll happen again. Yeah. I'm glad I've never like really gone down the gambling rabbit hole because that's a I think dark of all, place to all go. All the vices, man. That's one. That's got to be one of the worst. Yeah, because you're not even. You're the only high you're getting from it is the dopamine rush. Yeah, there's no, there's no good. You spend your time in casinos or on your phone or watching way too much sports. <laughs> yeah, but anyways. So, anyways, Meg, so who buy, are you? What are you? Powerball ticket. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, I did want to say your chances are one in two hundred and ninety-two million two hundred and one thousand three hundred and thirty-eight. That's chances. less money though than I would win. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like if you, it's like, just like picking one person of the United States at random, basically. Right. The value though, if you were to win, and you took the cash out, it's yeah. just under six hundred million. That's tax out of taxes. Yeah. No, I think that's. 
Is that the lump sum payout? That's the lump sum payout. You still got to pay taxes. 40% on taxes. Yeah. It doesn't even seem worth it. (laughs) I I don't even want to win just so I don't have to give my money to the government. I mean, if you think about a good scam, that's a great scam. (laughs) Dude, for (laughs) real. The government runs the lottery. You buy the tickets. They take all that money. They pull it together. Then you pay them back the money that you win. They win twice, bro. All right. We got to move on from the lottery. Sorry. All right. Hey, there is lotteries in running. You maybe have gotten into the New York City Marathon. Good time. With the lottery. Yeah. Yeah. And if you did, come to our shakeout. (laughs) Back back to that. (laughs) Anyway. um, Yeah. So you guys are probably watching the weather. I I, I haven't really been. I checked it this morning, I think, for the first. I may have checked it a couple days ago. But I, I was shocked when I opened it this morning and yeah. saw. I was like, oh, damn, it keeps going up. I really thought that New York was one of those that was always pretty cool. I mean, if you look historically, it's usually been pretty cool weather in November and yeah. in uh, New York City. Mm-hmm. You're starting to get ready for Christmas. Yeah, the Rockefeller ice might skating rink snow. probably open up. Yeah. Yeah. So it, I do, while I feel bad for the people that were training for this as an A race, I am so happy that we are not. Here's like, the thing, banking though. on this as an A I race. don't. I don't think people should be thrown in the towel on their A race. Like I've seen tons of amazing performances that happen on hot days. You can have a day on a hot day. Have you ever seen me have a day on a hot day? I'm not talking about you. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm what I'm saying. People that have oh. their A races. I don't think they need to throw in the towel. What do they need to do properly, Megan? They need to hydrate. They need to start out a little slower than they probably thought. And <laughs> remember when Galloway was giving uh, yeah. advice? So it was another day that was about the same temperature. And he was like, you got to take about two, three minutes off your pace. Per mile. Like, per mile. <laughs> We're like, what? I guess when you're walking, walk, yeah, but, walk running, you can. <laughs> yeah, but think about like, okay, so say that you're going for a BQ and your pace is what, seven something. Mm-hmm. And he says, take two or three minutes off that. Like, okay. Oh, 10 minute miles. Okay. <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah. At that point, it's just a long run. Yeah. It's like a, a long, long like run. Like, don't even, yeah. Why are you there? <laughs> but, I mean, I'm not saying that that pace is. So I'm saying that when you have to adjust your goal three minutes plus. That's quite a bit. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. Like, if you, it, you know, if your goal is 10 minute pace, good on you. But the, uh, I'm, I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So, Robbie. You're not doing the typical, well, you kind of are, but you didn't do the typical peak, taper, run a marathon. Well, I never was able to peak at any point. (laughs) He did a lot of tapering, a lot of peaking. Yeah. It it was was, peaking and tapering. Yeah, (laughs) hills and valleys for sure. Um, But you got in a long run last weekend. I did, yeah. I I ended up, I I think originally I was trying to do 20, and then I got up late. Um, And... (laughs) It ended up being 18, so I was, it was a run with the Faster Bastards up in Lock Raven. Beautiful fall colors, by the way. And um, Are you a leaf peeper? Uh, I mean, I, when I went to Maine a couple years ago, I was, I'm still subscribed to their fall foliage report. I've, there's something different up there, though, because that, that is, like, overwhelming. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I appreciate the leaves. I feel like leaf peeping and birders are the same type of people. Yeah, I've tried to get into birding. I don't think I'm there yet. You could probably mix them together. Yeah, but I, I have a birding, trees. a little like birding journal and I don't know. Wow, you're like halfway there. But I haven't really re- written anything. I think I wrote Robin. Did you watch that movie, <laughs> uh, Goodyear? Um, no, <laughs> you should watch so it. It's so ridiculous. It's about the guys who go out birding. You watched it? Yeah, it's great. 
Is it? It's a, got um, Owen, Owen Wilson. Wilson. Oh, so that's it's like right. A that's right. I know what you're talking about. Uh, no, I, I never watched that. I think birding will be like a thing I'll get into later on in life. I could see see it happening. Okay. Um, but th- those people are nuts, though. You get like, and it's all like in your head. Like if you saw the bird, like it's all made up. What do you mean? It's an honor system. They have like these competitions where ho- who can see the most oh, birds. In I thought year? you meant like the thing where birds aren't real. Oh. <laughs> Wait, that's a thing. Yeah, the conspiracy theory. Yeah, okay. the pigeons are robots. That's what? why you never see a baby pigeon. <laughs> Whoa, man! You, know, you never do see baby. That messes in my head. <laughs> Wait, why do you never see baby pigeons? <laughs> have you ever seen a baby pigeon? A chick pigeon? I don't like that. Or is it just the pigeons that are robots? I mean, I don't know how far they go, but uh, the pigeons definitely in New York City are supposed well, to be robots. Think about homing pigeons. How can they do that? They're, it, that would make sense if they're robots. Yeah. Oh, dating back from the 1800s. Flying those <laughs> great distances. Well, that's the thing if you believe in history, because none of us were here. <laughs> Man, I could go down a whole wow. thing of homing pigeons, because there's a lot of stuff about that that's crazy. Like competition, million-dollar pigeons... Um, Mike Tyson was into him. Yeah. Baltimore's yeah. actually has a huge homing racing, uh, pigeon racing culture. Really? Yeah. They still have it. I have to get me one of them racing pigeons. I thought, I honestly, at one point I thought about building a pigeon pen in my backyard. And I, I did a lot of research into it just to see if it would be something I'd want to get into. I think our neighbors would kill us. I mean, they're in the cage. They're not. They don't shit all over the place? They definitely no. do. Yeah, but you clean the cage out. It's like a hamster. <laughs> outdoor, outdoor hamster with wings. Anyways, so flying hamster. So I did. I did run eighteen miles. I last week really sucked because I was still not, like things were hurting, not back to where I needed to be. And then eighteen felt really nice. It was all hills, like yeah. pretty big hills. The Lock Raven. I like those hills because you get rewarded. It's like if you go up a hill. Yeah, you get that nice downhill. Yeah, and then by when you turn around, it's this. And they're not they're not incredibly steep. They're just kind of long. Yeah, comparable to the bridges in New York. You know, it, it'll probably be the same. I'm it'll trying to remember the the bridges are are long and a couple more steep. But I love the fact that for every up there's a down. Like you know, because it's a bridge, you're going yeah. up and then you're going down. Mm. Except for those hills through the park, I guess are kind of a gamble. I don't know. I don't remember. By the time I got to the park, I was almost blacked out. <laughs> so I don't remember that. I just remember getting on one of the bridges. and I was like, oh, my God, this is an uphill. Yeah. Like not just like a little arcing bridge, but like the bridge at Donna. Yeah. Okay. That's a tough I one. Think, I think I felt, I felt pretty good overall. I was running pretty slowly, but after 18, I wasn't hurting or really that tired. And the last two I ran faster just to see and uh yeah and i ran the asic super blast for that run so i feel like i'm good to go and i did five miles this morning just to, like see yeah feel good see i had the op- this morning i went out and i had uh, a pace workout that like when i was leaving i was like Psh, i better set my watch so i don't run too fast mm. and Did i went you out do that? no i ran i got out there and everything just when I was trying to pick up the pace, it was just so hard. My heart was beating out of my chest. I, w- I was like, oh. this is insane. Did you get good sleep? No. 
probably part of it. It could have been part of it. And I did have like three days of bad sleep, so I don't know if that's it. But it's funny because even Meg commented, um, I uh, it used to like if I had a bad workout or something, mm-hmm. affect my whole day and I'd just be in a nasty mood. And she was like, wow, you seem fine. I was like, yeah, I'm oh. like, I don't. I understand. up. I, yeah, <laughs> I understand that you're gonna have bad days. You're gonna have days where things don't feel good. Yeah. And uh, today was one of them. But it, it's like I'm like, thank God this is happening now on a race that I'm not like focused on. Like if this happened on an A race, I'd be in my head. It'd be like the, the temperature's gonna be warm. I just had a bad workout. Like yeah, going in all freaked out. What number marathon is this for you? Uh, I was trying to figure that out. I went to the thing. I think this is 37 or 38. That's crazy. So, yeah. 38. Man. You, you know I got to go for 50 now, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. How many of those have you run for fun? Like, lot, I mean, a lot of them. Actually, one of my favorite ones I did, the Gettysburg Marathon. Uh-huh. I ran with a friend, and we just goofed off the whole time. Like, all our pictures are ridiculous. When we got near the camera, like, jumping in the air and yeah. stuff like that, doing stupid stuff. And people even, like... There was people that were trying. They mm-hmm. got annoyed with us because, like, we would, like, stop at the aid stations and then catch back up to them and run past You're them. You're smacking their ass as you, walk, <laughs> as you ran Not past Not really, them. but, I'm like, they're like, oh, it's these dudes again. Uh, it was, like, mile 25, and this guy was like, Not you guys. <laughs> we passed him. But we actually... We, Did he actually say that? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, uh, I mean, we were being ridiculous. We were doing stupid stuff the whole time. But we ended up, like, it was like right in the median of my race times like it wasn't it wasn't that bad no it was great and i had a great day doing it it Do was you, fun but you haven't done that in a long time though right well no i think that um you haven't just gone out for strictly fun that's what i mean just yeah trying it's to think of the last Not, one yeah it hasn't i haven't for a while i'm actually kind of looking forward to it but also kind of terrified of it mm-hmm. because i a marathon is still i don't care if you're trying yeah, hard or not yeah. it still hurts still it's 26, 26 miles, miles. Yeah. it's time on feet yes yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a long, thing like I, I keep telling myself this is going to be harder than i think it is you do you keep telling yourself that i do yeah. i'm like make i'd rather go into it thinking this is going to be really rough and feel great and feel good than go into it being like ah it'll be fine and me get out there and be like struggling i think that's the thing i feel like i have a pace which is in that 9 15 range nine maybe even slower where like an all-day pace i think i could just hold it for literally ever <laughs> that's that's like when i think of like um when you do ultras you gotta have yeah. a pace where you're like this is my all-day pace exactly like i'm gonna be out there all day this is the pace that i can hold and it you can enjoy it like i've had the hat i was like it was actually funny because i had finally had megan switch um my marathon and ultra like record stuff over to a spreadsheet mm-hmm. i'm gonna have to organize a little better but yeah um <laughs> yeah but she finally didn't i was like oh my god I, i've ran a hat like seven times or something like that that's this is the hat a hat it's called 50K. hat 50k it's and i'm like you're, you're here I've had so many good times and every time i'm finishing that race though i've always been like this is the last time i'm ever gonna do it because <laughs> That last, no matter what you run, that last mile and a half, two miles, it's just long. Yeah, yeah, I love, I do love that race. I, I know I've only run it twice, but it's if great. We, if we didn't have plans to go to Tokyo this spring, yeah, I'd be like, let's do, let's do hat as a team. Let's all, all go out and do it. That's right. 
You could stay. We'll go to Tokyo. <laughs> no, man. Susquehanna I, State Park. Yeah. Uh, Susquehanna or Sapporo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Either one. Yeah. So, Meg, how's your running coming? Because you're the only one that was sort of taking it seriously. Now it sounds like you're changing your plan. Well, no, I was never taking it seriously. That's a lie. At, immediately after London, I did that thing where I was like, I'm going to go race New York now because I didn't have the day I wanted. And then COVID happened. Oh, right. And then reality hit. And I was like, mm, this is not a fast course. This is very close to my last marathon. Chances of me being disappointed and injuring myself more than yeah, not a, are high. And then, and then the temperature. <laughs> I mean, and then the, the weather showed up. And so I feel like this is just confirming that we made the right decision. But yeah, so and then we went from um, or I went from I'm going to race it to I'm going to do sub three to I'm just going to go out there and have some fun. <laughs> yeah. Are you still going to do the normal nutrition stuff leading yeah. up to it? For the most part, yeah. So the, the most thing I'm scared about is carrying both a handheld and a GoPro because I've never done that before. Oh, but so Megan like and a I... Ninja Turtle out there. I know. <laughs> Megan and I have talked about it. So when I have to take a gel, I'm going to hand her the GoPro. And then, you know, obviously, otherwise I can just carry it. Drink my hydration. We're gonna do scratch. We're gonna do hyperhydration the night before. I'm, I'm gonna doing bring five the gels. bottle and the GoPro. So, Jarrett, if he if you're if you're gonna run with us, it'll be you or Jarrett that I'll hand off to. Okay, but um, you, you're not gonna wear a hydration pack. You can't. You can't. Wait, are you serious? Yeah. Really? They're not allowed. What's the purpose of that? Uh, you could pack it with gasoline or. Something. <laughs> drink gasoline. Drink gasoline. No. Yeah, no, like, C4 you know, box. Yeah. Um, okay. I guess that does totally make sense. Yeah. yeah. So but, I think I think my main goal now is, I feel like there's a fine line between racing and, and running so slow that you're on your feet for hurt, longer yeah. than you're used to, and that actually hurts more. So there's like... True. We did a 20-mile run on the 4th of July one year called the Uncle Grandpa Stupid 20-Miler. Yeah. And Does it still a, exist? No. We just <laughs> it did. was one year event. Yeah. <laughs> we, we had a bunch of friends who normally do hat. They came down for the 4th of July. So our house was packed with like 10 runners. And we were like, all right, we got to do something for 4th of July. Let's go out. We'll run 20 miles. Oh, you made it up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I thought it was a real thing. Yeah. No. And uh, we, we, we did it, but we did it as a group. So there was everybody from, at the time, there was... Uh, Maddie, who ran sub. Like six-minute mile pace to 11-minute mile pace. Oh, wow. People. And we all stuck together. And towards the end, that if you're not used to running that, like, 11-minute pace, yeah, it destroys you. Like, I've never felt worse after a run. And I'm not, like, a super, mm-hmm. super fast guy. But just that difference of being on my feet that long. Yeah. Like, it crushed me. And also, 4th of July heat and... You're just out yeah, there. Yeah, right, right. But so, yeah. We, Meg and I were talking, though. It's been an insane year, like, of highs and lows. We've gotten, like, during the training, <laughs> we've gotten COVID. Her father passed away. Like, just getting to New York. So we did the, remember she had to miss the first trip up when we went to right. the lab because her dad got sick. New balance. Then we went to the Bronx. Find out, or no, that was Falmouth. Falmouth. After Falmouth, we found out. Uh, Meg's dad passed away. Then we uh, went to London, came back from London, got with COVID. Like souvenir time. But the, like I would say that this has been a great year, though, for 
running. So it's like makes like. I mean, how long ago is that Solomon event that we did in San Francisco? How long ago does that feel like? Like like two two years. years Yeah. (laughs) That was this year. Yeah. It was was like five months ago. Yeah. Okay. How? Okay. I, I still can't get over. I love running over the Golden Gate Bridge. That was good. That was cool. It was literally five months ago. Yeah. For real. Noah Drotty. Yeah, yeah. That was Ricky Gates. Ricky Gates, that was Isn't Wait, Noah- Beta Breakers, that race I did, Beta Breakers, that's yeah. 5 months ago. Literally yeah. to almost to the day. Maybe 5 months in one week cuz it was right by my my, my birthday. That's ridiculous. I kind of I think you need to go back and do Beta Breakers. I don't know how you're going to do it, but <laughs> Yeah, I would love to do it. Yeah. That and like Hooded Coast, I still kind of want to do that someday. That's a t- relay. Yeah. But it sounds interesting. Yeah um but yeah it's been or what about speed project from la to las vegas uh if you take the speed part out i mean <laughs> it's a it's project it's basically a ragnar yeah i don't know people try to be fast real fast there i guess that's it i guess hood to coast same thing but yeah i don't know yeah hood to coast they have those people that are like balling yeah um but yeah it's been crazy and then yeah, new york city i feel like is the is that the icing on the cake? Exclamation point on the sentence. It's definitely, I mean, I'm hoping it's going to be a highlight of the year. Yeah, it is. Uh, I mean, then we go to the running event. Yeah. So that's always fun. Stress, stressful fun. It is. It is. <laughs> yeah. I've got that's news. another type two fun. Yeah. I've got news for you on that one. We'll talk about later. On on the stressful fun? Yeah. Oh, it's doing something? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> Great. Yeah. Good. And we got to open up grit. Like, I don't feel like there's an oh, yeah. end line for us for a little while. It's so funny. Someone, uh, one or of our, our non-running friends was like, is this the be- the busy season for you guys, the fall when the marathons happen? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, when's your like off season? And I was like, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't the know. The first week of January? Second week of January? Maybe? Three days in January. Yeah. January <laughs> yeah. 2nd through the 5th. Not even because it's grit. Yeah. <laughs> so you're still it's running. Grit you're and doing- we're doing Houston. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, like, it's, like, normally, like, okay, so last year I ran the NCR marathon right before we went to the running event, mm-hmm. the day after Thanksgiving or the Saturday. We, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and I felt like that was the end for the year. I was like, okay, cool, go to a running event, wind things down, we'll have grit, but, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. This year I feel like we'll finish New York. We got to make sure everything's done for uh, getting ready for grit. We got to get ready for the running event. Best in gear awards. Yeah. Then we we're launching a new website that we are uh, going to Houston, then Tokyo, Boston. Like I'm like, where's Donna's in there. Donna. Donna. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, there's not like a definitive like finish line right now. Yep. Um, who are you guys? Marathon. Who are you guys most excited, celebrity or pro athlete, to see in New York? Ashton, my man, Ashton okay. Kutcher. Me too. Really, we're gonna hang. I'm really excited about that. I don't huh. know if we'll actually see him, but hopefully, we I mean, I'm we'll a, see him. You think so? I don't know. Have, have you ever run in? Sorry, no. Go ahead. At any other events, have you run into anyone? So, uh, was it Boston or Chicago? Chicago, maybe 2018 or wherever we ran it. I ran into Joni, like randomly out on the oh, okay. Joe Benoit Samuelson. Okay. Yeah. But 
other than but that. No, like TV personalities or something. I feel like I did one time, but I can't remember. I don't know that I would recognize that many people. You know, when you're wearing like Ashton Kutcher, when you're wearing, I don't know if you'll recognize him either if he's got a baseball hat on and singing. Yeah, I'm just imagining wearing and jeans and 70s he's, baseball. Oh, wait, a Van uh, Van Dutch, uh, a Von Dutch, <laughs> Von Dutch, yeah. Von Dutch <laughs> trucker cap. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I like he will just look like a regular dude. I'm thinking out there. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I, I he probably I'm, has gray hair. Do and you stuff think now. he's I fast? Seen him forever. That's a good question. You think sub four? No. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna bet no. Okay. Dude, I see him throwing down like a three fifteen. Ooh, mm. this is first marathon, isn't it? Yeah, but he's a dude. Three fifteen. Come on now. Yeah. See if there's any. I can't throw out a three fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> but he's been like training for this for months. I think they had him on like. Wait, a special... he's actually trained for this. Robbie, you Come should on. try that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, actually, you, could, you I mean, could run a three fifteen if you trained. Hey, dude, what did you do for your training? Well, <laughs> I ran. ran every day. <laughs> <laughs> it says he lost twelve pounds um, training for it. Wow! Wow, he's already seemed slender. Mm-hmm. It probably wasn't. Maybe he he took off that shirt and he was like, "Oh, maybe he lost a bunch of muscle mass." Michelin, yeah, he could have lost muscle. Uh, he posted a picture about it. Apparently, um, Thomas, what it. about you, Ashton? Uh, I'm actually more excited for our shakeout run, and I'm not just saying that to uh, hype it up. Like the people that are going to be there, I'm excited to see. Like, uh, like even people that we're not promoting, like Erica Sarah. Uh, you know, she, I've known her. It's got to be close to 15 years through. We started out on Daily Mile, and she was starting her jewelry business. Now that thing is, you know, pretty much a staple of running. You wear your badass ring that every you day. got from her every day. Um, Lindsay Hine, I like seeing her. We see her down at Donna. It's fun to see her again here. You know, Kafuzi, we do, like, I can't remember a big running event that we were at recently, except for London, where Kafuzi has been there with us. Um, you know, I'm hoping to see people like Ben Johnson. I don't know if he's going to be able to make it to ours since he loves Ili Kipchoge, and that's a different shakeout. Um, and then, you know. Oh, is he going, he's doing that one? Yeah. Is he... Like being promoted as being there, Ily Kipchoge or Ben? No, Ben. No, okay. Um, then yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it. And even though we just hung out with her, Aaron Azar, and you know all those people. I've never met and Mario Frioli. Our whole team. If you have any wide foot running questions, just annoy Jarrett the whole time so he won't. Are annoy, you kidding? Annoy me. Do you think that that would annoy Jarrett? No, I, I meant he, I meant you think you're annoying him. He's loving life. Yeah. He, if you want to make someone's day. Look for a guy who kind of looks like David Blaine, and uh, he would love to hear your woes about having wide feet. Yeah, his magic trick is getting you into shoes that will Ooh, accommodate your wide feet. Yeah, yeah, making you feel better on the run. I'm a, I'm gonna re-record that so we can cut out pear shaped David Blaine. <laughs> I think it could, I think it worked the way that you came back to it. Okay, we'll see. But just in case, if you see. A guy who looks like David Blaine, you want to ask him about wide foot shoes. He will love it. It's not David Blaine. He can't do any magic. Can can he do any magic, Jarrett? He can turn your foot your I don't even know. <laughs> he can make he can make an enjoyable run. That one it did less, less enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> There's no magic. Yeah. 
<laughs> he can make a donut disappear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he is very good at that and, and proud of it. And he can talk to you about obscure sour beers and, that taste like candy. And buying uh, interesting art. Loves toys. Uh, I looked up a picture of Ashton Kutcher. He looks fit, dude. All right, so let's bet on this. Ashton Kutcher's time. I don't know if we're putting money on it. Yeah, but 20 bucks. Okay. Um, Ooh. That's... Once I win that, that one, one, once I win that one point two bill, <laughs> I'm gonna be like, "Here you go, peasant." Okay, <laughs> I'm down for it. Twenty okay. bucks, and is it prices right rules or is it just closest in general? Closest in general. Okay. Um. Wait, there's an advantage to somebody going first, though. Why? Write it down right now. <laughs> I got and then it. We'll, I you got it. it in your head what it's gonna be? Yeah, I, I'm gonna give him a four ten. Okay, I was gonna say. Uh, three fifty, three nineteen. Wow, that's like pretty much all like right there. Wait a second. So it's not prices right. Where if I go over, I lose. Just closest. Correct. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna change mine a little bit. What? But you can't just a little. You can't say like three fifty one now because I don't. No, but what I'm thinking is his goal might be just sub four. (laughs) But I'm just gonna say. What did you say yours was? I won't get to three fifty. I'll take four even. Okay, three fifty nine to four. I was gonna say three fifty nine, but I'll go. Four. So now, but now you get anything over four, technically. Do I? Yeah. All right. You'll be the closest. All right, four. I'll take four. What did I say originally? Four, four one. Four ten. Okay. Yeah. Four. I'll take four. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. It's ten. It's ten minutes apart. All right. All right. What is yours? Three nineteen. I think that her attraction to Ashton Kutcher is clouding her judgment. I can't, I'm going to have to, I'm running with my phone and I'm going to be popping that thing out, checking out <laughs> first time while I'm running. You're going to try to find him on the course. Yeah, I'm going to like, let's run, go. Run next to him. All right. <laughs> yeah, you got to pick up the pace. <laughs> that would be, I ask him if he's hydrating enough. Here, you, like you should yeah. give him some of your. Do you yours. need some Martin? Yeah. Caffeine, yeah. it helps. You don't know about Martin? <laughs> Who's training you? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is he could be having a phenomenal trainer and all that stuff. But does he seem like a dude who's like aggressive? Um, I don't know. He's done. I guess he's done well for himself on the business side. So maybe he has a hidden side to him. Mm, I don't know. Wasn't he one of the early investors in Uber? And like he he, was he, he does have one of those. Company. But he's he. I I also feel like he was like a Madoff guy that got the lost money on that stuff too. I don't know. Yeah, he probably yeah. It was, came out even on yeah. the accounts wait he was on shark tank he was a shark uh-huh. he's aggressive mm. all right whatever if we'll anyone see. knows sharks it's we'll Meg. see we'll see what happens <laughs> oh my gosh did you see that uh video of the girl jumping in the ocean and the shark came up no okay we'll have to show you that later i don't get the shark algorithm in my instagram oh. <laughs> it, it was pretty much everywhere the today show covered it like she's getting in the water she's a, she's famous she lives in hawaii and she studies sharks and she's a marine she, biologist yeah oh yeah she's famous for swimming like really close to sharks without any protection she's also very attractive and she's getting in the water and the shark just go why like right up like Whoa. was it great white yeah that's why no but she talks about it like she's like obviously i scared her i was I going in, in quickly fast. with my foot and i was like are you nuts like <laughs> yeah i looked wow. like bait yeah, <laughs> yeah. anyway very should calm. we uh talk about this very exciting new shoe we'll go from two things that meg is uh pro at sharks and cushion yeah that's basically my resume yeah cushion shark 
Cushion shark. Do, 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 do. Cushion. Now we just ruined yeah. someone's day. You're welcome. Dude, sorry. We really did just ruin someone's run. I feel yeah, bad about that. Yeah, that's Man. forever in your head. Oh, that's so bad. Forgive me for that. Yeah. So we are holding the newly released A6 Super Blast. Released Super Blast. yesterday. Uh, yeah. And if you haven't seen the most intense trailer <laughs> ever on the web of... Uh, it is one of the best things you've ever done. Yeah, it's so sexy. Go to the gram. It it it, it has Blade Runner feel. It has uh, Men in Black. Uh, my son said Men in Black vibes. He says, but without the nice suits. <laughs> <laughs> Poor man's uh, work. work anyway, this shoe people are excited about. I think it, right now, one of the most fascinating categories of running shoes as far as interest goes, is this new category of Supermax shoes. Yeah, and so this shoe has a 45.5 millimeter midsole, which, by the way, Asics doesn't measure insole or outsole in their measurements, so I, I think it's higher. Well, the insole in here, I mean, I'm going to say maybe three millimeters. Yeah, I'm just saying it might be like, the whole thing might be closer to 49. Yeah. Yeah. It does seem like it's got some hefty stack here. But yeah, so this is Asics Max Kush shoe. Yeah. It's got two different foams. So they're Flight Foam Turbo, and then underneath of that is the Flight Foam Blast Plus. So the Turbo is what's used in their race day shoes, Metaspeeds. Metaspeeds Guy, Metaspeeds Guy Edge. or I always Just see that. Edge. I had that in there. <laughs> and the Pluses. They got the Pluses. But the thing is, it's really not that complicated of a shoe. No. You got the turbo, you got the Fifone Blast Plus, very simple upper. Mm-hmm. People maybe who too com- simple. Maybe people that were complaining about Nova Blast rubber on the bottom will be excited because this has the Ahar Plus rubber, not just the oh, Ahar I didn't know that rubber. So and it makes a huge difference. Yeah, you've got a lot it's more It's very grip. grippy. Meg, tell them how you learned about the grippiness. I went for a run after an evening of rain and I went over that bridge in the harbor, you know, that's like kind of oh, plasticky yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's always real sketchy. Yeah. And easy day. Oh. It's very grippy. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, people won't have that to complain about with this shoe. Um I was surprised they said that the weight was going to be lighter than the Nova Blast and mine weighs identical hmm. to the Nova Blast. So But was, you have a lot more stack. Yeah. So right. this is 10 and a half, size 10 and a half, and it weighed 8.8 ounces. I forget what the grams are, but I think that's like 243. Like 250 or something. Okay, 250, 243, around there. Um, so it does feel light on the foot, especially for how much stack you get. And I do feel like, Robbie, didn't you feel, I don't know where you are in this shoe. I felt like it took 30 uh, miles just to kind of break it in. Uh, yeah, I have 30 miles in and on it. I'm... I like this shoe. Like, I, th- I think I like it a lot. Is it expectations? But it's not. It misses the ex- whatever I had in my head. Which was probably bouncing and sinking cushioning. Yes. And it feels like that um, max, max cushion shoe. Where to me, I, I if I'm being honest, I don't know why I would pick this over the Nova Blast 3. Well, because you had an extra $80. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, by the way, this shoe's $220. Don't you feel like they should have... Cr- I'm sorry, that's crazy. They should have put the this foam up here. 
Mm. Which which foam? The flight foam blast. If they had put that right underneath the foot and then put the turbo under that, I feel like you would have had that slight sink in, sink in which would have given you. Are you thinking about the glide ride? I am, and okay. I ran in the glide ride this the, week, and I was like, this shoe's so great. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I think what is missing from my expectations when I first tried this shoe was the sink-in cush that I expect from like a Max cush shoe, especially like you think about more V4, SC Trainer, uh, even to a certain degree, the Primex Strung. There's this feeling you get when you land that you get like the cushion sink and then you feel the bounce and the energy return. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess people call that resiliency in foam. Mm. So it, it kind of doesn't feel like that, but I do feel like of the max cushion shoes we've tried, this one is probably the only one I would use for a marathon. Uh, okay. Because, yeah, you can, I mean, you can pick up the pace a little bit yeah, more. You, I, yeah, that is what I like about the shoe is that it it does transition nice to just if you want to go faster or, like, you really can't do that in the SC Trainer. Um, I wonder if you made this a slightly more aggressive rocker. That's, I think that would be nice. I would, yeah, that would be a huge benefit in my opinion. Yeah. I, I love would, a, I do love a rocker though. I know, but I think with this much stack and you make a nice rocker, it would roll through your stride a little bit more mm-hmm. easily. Like for Tokyo, we're going to go with ASIC. So the choice would be Metaspeed Sky Edge or Edge. I would so probably I do it. I cannot. Yeah. Do I would probably pick this over the, maybe not, but it would definitely save your legs more. Over I, the course of the marathon. Yeah, I think that I might take it. It's the other thing that's interesting about it is it doesn't have a plate, and I think a plate would ruin this actually. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, and it's stiff enough. And if you are watching on YouTube, like you can't bend it. No, and you it, like so that was like one of the. I felt like I had some heel lift even lacing up to the top. Mm-hmm. It, Did you do a runner's loop? Uh, I didn't just because sometimes I don't like runner's loop. Because I just feel like there's too much pressure on top. Like of cutting across yeah. the front. Yeah, but. Um, I did feel a little bit of squirrely in the heel, but what's weird is the toe box is super tight. What was for me? Was it for you? It is. It, I was going to say for me, normally I go a half size down. So this is size 10. Did I say 10 and a half earlier for the weight? Yeah. Okay. This size 10, it's 8.8 ounces. Um, and normally for their non-race shoes, I go down a half size. Okay. So I probably should have gone up a half size with this. But it still fit pretty well. I didn't. It's not like I got too much rubbing, but I do feel like it's more that snug. Yeah, like, almost fit. like the Meta Speeds. Yeah, yeah, exactly like the Meta Speeds. Yeah, I, yeah, I just don't know. It's probably on the same last. It's very hard for me. Two hundred twenty dollars is a crazy spot for a shoe. I get the their pitch for it, but I think I don't know. like Thomas was saying, if you're going to use this for your long runs and then race in it, I think it makes sense. Because it competes with the price of other race day shoes. I could see that if you're if you want a shoe to do it all for your yeah. training. Yeah. yeah, and I don't feel like I do feel like it took thirty miles to break in the foam. I do too. So I think that longevity of this shoe is probably going to be pretty good. Yeah. So the price tag mm. might with the Ahar Plus rubber this much uh, stack it's probably going to hold up pretty well. The only thing that could go wrong is maybe the upper, but I don't think that's going anywhere. And then, um, yeah, my, my biggest, I guess, problem with the shoe would be 
just I really wanted to feel like a bounce. Mm-hmm. And it felt, yeah, I, yeah, but I don't know. Maybe the that much bounce will comp- obviously you're going to compress faster. Might not last as long, right? That, at least and the maybe, sensation of that. And I do think I asked I asked if maybe the flight foam turbo was um, temperature sensitive mm-hmm. because I feel like that the day I was started testing it when it was in the 40s and the last day that I ran in it it was in the 60s mm-hmm. and it did feel a little more bouncy yeah I, th- I thought the same thing so it's possible that between temperature and break-in period that it will get that characteristic I'm looking for but I think that if somebody goes to the store and they try it on walking around it feels like it would have it and yeah but, but then you, I think if you don't have the right expectation and you go home especially at 220 and you're going to be like mm, sending that back um, if you're not getting the expectation expectation. So I think go into it. If you're, if you want to try the shoe, go into it knowing that it's going to be a break in period. The shoes character kind of develops over time and that this shoe can be used for long runs. Tempo. I mean, you could yeah. use it for a tempo shoe. It's that it's light enough. I'm well, I would, I would definitely consider it for the marathon. Yeah. Oh, it would it would be a fantastic uh marathon shoe if you don't want um like exactly like if you want a shoe that does it cuz you're not going to daily train in the Vaporfly mm. or the, even the Meta Speed Sky. But you could do daily train in this shoe. I think you could run a marathon and we, you could do speed work. When we talk about it, one shoe to do it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This shoe could do it. Yeah, which at the time we did it, <laughs> it sucks cuz we did that right. <laughs> yeah. We already recorded it and and I would have never thought that that would be mm. this shoe would be on that roundup. But now that we tried it, I'm like, oh, it's probably the perfect do-it-all shoe. Yeah. And the other thing about it is, and if you look at the price that way, instead of buying two, three shoes, you just yeah, get this. That's the point. only problem is being shoe nerds, we like buying two, three yeah. shoes. And how, how do you message that to people, too? I don't yeah. know. Being it, like, It is stable, though. I was of the max cushion shoes with this much stack. Oh, yeah. This is super definitely stable. the most stable of the shoes. I yeah. would say worst is the Adidas Prime X, and then... You go to, I think that the SC trainer is pretty stable. Yeah. And then this one is is the most stable. Definitely, definitely. No okay. issues there. Yeah. No, And this is the only one without a plate or rods or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's a really simple shoe, but it, it's fun to run in. It's not exactly what we were expecting. Mm-hmm. I'm I, interested I, to see what most people think, like what the initial feedback is. That's what I'm curious. I'm yeah. wondering what the public is going to do with this shoe. So let us know if you snagged a pair. They will be available in a small quantity uh, at the new, I think the New York City Marathon Expo. Uh-huh. And then wider distribution will be around the late December. There's um, also, I guess, ASICS has a pop up store in New York for the marathon. Yeah. The meat packing store. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No word on whether you can buy cuts of beef there. Yeah, but if you're a vegetarian, just the shoe. Yeah, there you go. Is it a vegan shoe? Probably. It's, it's, yeah, I mean, what do you? How do you add? Meat I to love this? when people are like, "It's a vegan." Like when companies market as a vegan okay. shoe, I'm like, that confused me because they did this thing on a channel where they talk about new tech that's coming out, and there's this new leather for shoes that's made of cactus. Okay, yeah, I and I love that. the way that it's done. They cut the bigger, older leaves off. They leave the plant alive, so it continues to grow. So you're not killing a plant. Mm-hmm. You're, you're taking it. They process it, but then they said. It's organic versus leather. Uh, oh, organic and biodegradable. 
unlike unlike leather, it's organic and biodegradable. And I was like, wait a second. Leather is organic and it's biodegradable. Right? There's just something in the tanning process that makes it not. I I can't even imagine, like, sooner or later, that's got to break down. I mean, I I suppose you could add something to leather to make it non-biodegradable. Yeah, I would. That's an interesting point. I would have thought the same thing. Yeah. Maybe it breaks down faster, but still, it's. I don't want it to break down faster if I'm buying a pair of shoes. <laughs> yeah, right. But yeah, so uh, it's interesting uh, to say that it's not organic or biodegradable. Okay, obviously I googled it. Yeah. Right. Uh, it says leather belts are biodegradable, whereas silver foils, plastic mugs, and iron nails are non-biodegradable. It takes leather between 25 and 50 years to completely decompose. Leather that has been tanned can take significantly longer to decompose because of the chemicals used to tan it. But how long? It still decomposes. But yeah, it's biodegradable. So okay. It's, it's biodegradable. And, and I, uh, I'm going to assume whatever they're putting in this cactus to make it seem like leather has got to be similar to some f- form of tanning process. You would th- yeah, I would think so. It's got dyes. They have different color shoes. How, how can you possibly scale that up to like max yeah. mass distribution for cactus leather? It just seems like a very niche. Uh, I don't know, man. I've never, you, I've never seen a cactus farm. Don't they take forever to grow? Like you can't just sprout them up, right? Like saguaros, you know, aren't they so super old? That's why they get mad. Yeah, you don't mess with a saguaro. But I think it's those flat-leafed cactus that they're using. Oh, like those ones that grow on the side, like people's out on the sidewalk here that <laughs> take over the. Yeah, they seem to be doing all right. Who's on the podcast this week, Meg? It is Tim West. Tim West. Do you know what? I have a picture. That I'm probably posting before this goes live of my bandit t-shirt that I ran with with these shoes and a pair of Tracksmith shorts that match so well that I'm and I'm gonna be like, here's my expensive outfit. And I'll put prices next to everything. But I love my bandit cotton tee. Um and uh, I'm enjoying the tights. You didn't you you don't you're a little modest for for the tights. I am. What what happened? Too much too much reveal? No, I just don't like the silhouette or I just don't like compression style. So any, it's not this one particular. Right, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's not my thing. Yeah, you know Chris Hogger. Yeah, that guy loves it. Or Ben Johnson. Yeah. Um. Do you want to say who Tim West is? Yeah, Tim West is the founder of Bandit Running, which is a Brooklyn-based clothing company. Started off with making some socks and then kind of has graduated, but it's... What we found it interesting is it's not just a clothing to consumer company. He's trying to build a community around running and offer a little bit of a different vibe to the whole clothing industry as far as running goes. So Yeah, I think it's more like fashion focused more than it's it's definitely fashion. That's like at the forefront of everything. It's definitely fashion, but I think even more so is the community aspect of of the runners. Like Mm the events and the special capsules for the people that participate in the events or are members of yeah. bandit, the gear itself. So far, the stuff that we've seen is quality. I, I, at first people were like, what do you think of the socks? And I'm like, they're just socks. They're nice. But I'm actually drawn to the socks. I'm yeah. wearing them right now, as a matter of fact. Um, and, uh, I, I just, I kind of, when they're in my laundry, I'm like, mm, grab the bandit. Yeah. They're, they're good socks for sure. Yeah. Um, but, Sorry, 
<laughs> you, you can just say <laughs> oh no this i'm looking at it right now the saguaro is a slow growing sorry i want to bring it back real quick saguaro is a slow growing cactus be, grows between one and one and a half inches in the first eight years of its life that's crazy that is crazy that's like See. the opposite of my son who is now <laughs> i swear he's grown an inch every week dude it's, he came in the kitchen this morning he was towering over me like not just a little bit dude he might be you might want to check his backpack for peds i know dude's gonna be <laughs> stomping me out soon <laughs> <laughs> all right anyways sorry sorry to add that on to the introduction that was ridiculous yeah. well i'm sure tim would be interested in that fact okay because cool. he's probably looking at leather alternatives for his there you go uh, clothing so I, and I don't think it's made from Segura cactus, so you might want to check what kind of cactus it's made <laughs> All from. Right. All right, here we go. All right, so first check-in. Hope you're doing well. And uh, guess what? In a couple days... This Sunday, it's going to be daylight savings. I'm wondering, do you change when you run based on that? Because if we fall back, you're getting a little more light in the morning. But if you run in the evenings, man, it is dark by the time you get out the door from work. So I don't know, man. Maybe become a morning runner? I'm not sure when the best time to run is. All right, Megan, I love that today's podcast is going really well. But we got to take a break here to talk about a sponsor. Who's sponsoring this one today? This podcast is sponsored by Ortholite. Ortholite has partnered with over 400 footwear brands to provide innovative solutions that elevate comfort and performance underfoot for over 25 years. I mean, 400 plus 25 years, they're throwing out some big numbers there. I mean, I'm surprised that there's anything but Ortholite insoles and shoes these days with those kind of numbers. It's the brand that brands trust, and I like it when I find them inside of the shoes that we're testing when they come from the factory, makes a big difference. What's in your shoes? All right, Robbie, we're here with Tim West, founder of Bandit, Bandit Running. Tim, is, are, are you the founder or do you have to share a little credit with anyone else? So I share credit. I am the founder. Um, I started it, ran it for about a year on my own. And then when we uh, decided to go all in on it and quit our day jobs, um, I brought on two co-founders. Okay, um, gotcha. So when did, when did Bandit Running start, by the way? It started two years ago yesterday. So October oh, 18th. 2020 yeah today did you do anything to celebrate we're dropping a little capsule um but and we wanted to throw a party because that's you know kind of our thing but uh we're we've got all eyes on new york city marathon right now so we'll just uh we'll do a joint party in a couple weeks okay cool now the first time i ever heard of bandit it was actually from a different tim tim rossi uh with lost boys all of a sudden i see him start you know kind of pushing out some stuff that was like I'm like, what is Bandit? Like, what what is this? And it was kind of, even though you started two years ago, I want to say like it was kind of a little bit of a mystery there for a little while. Yeah, yeah. Tim has been supporting us since the very, very early days through Lost Boys. Um, but he was working at Nike at the time. Um, 
And I remember the first time he reached out was when they were doing Hood to Coast. Um, Finley was on his team. Finley works here too now. Um, and we just got along so well. Um, spirits very much aligned. And uh, when there was some reshuffling happening in Tim's life, he wanted to get back to New York. Uh, we just kind of we got lunch, I think, at Cafe Mogador, hung out, and just like right there just decided we were going to do it. And he was going to join <laughs> us full time. That's cool. Awesome. So I guess for those listening to the podcast, maybe tell them a little bit what Bandit Running is or is about. Um, I, I think we're pretty familiar, but just in case anybody uh, doesn't know. Yeah, sure. So Bandit uh, is a community-centered running apparel brand based in Brooklyn, New York. Um, our mission is to evolve the full experience of running. So whether you're new to this sport, um, an uh you know, chasing super competitive OTQ goals in the sport, a spectator, you're sidelined, right? We uh, we like to uh, work basically every single day towards evolving every touch point uh, in your experience as a runner. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a big gig, but um, we've got community right at the center of everything. So... Um, we really rely on each other and are building this together with, you know, hundreds of folks now here who are super central to everything that we do. Um, so that makes it a lot easier. That's been the thing that I think was most surprising to me was how quickly I've seen like the team grow. Like, and I'm, I'm like, wow, they have like pros on all different levels of, of this organization that, you know, it's from clothing designers to, you know, marketing people, photographers to, like from the creative side all the way through. And I'm like, as a startup, like, wow, this is like coming full force. I'm guessing that there's investors and stuff involved, but is it more, do you think it's the lure of the culture of running that is bringing people into something that's a little fresh for the industry? Yeah, I mean, at, at the end of the day, I think we were doing something super new in New York. Um, there, there, There's huge running brands all over the world but really there isn't one in like what i and i think a lot of people consider the global hub of running culture here in new york city so um when you know bandit first started people just got really behind it um and i was so down for that like i i wanted to build it together with everyone um and over the course of the first year it just grew so rapidly and i i grew it completely out of my pocket spent really? all my savings on it yeah uh so ran it by myself um put all my savings into it fulfilled every order and um i ran it sort of like coincidentally like a streetwear brand where in, instead of like a collection that is out there and and lasts very long um we did drops and so that i say that was a coincidence because what what would end up happening is I would buy, you know, a few hundred pairs of the Bandit running socks and um, I would put them on the site. And the first drop went, you know, in a, in a matter of like two or three weeks. And then I had to like get all that money back in order to make another purchase. <laughs> and then when I did that. Then the socks came in like, you know, a month and a half later. And I was like, oh, man, I hope I didn't lose my audience here because I haven't had anything for sale. And then, uh, sure enough, when I dropped, like that next one went in like 15 minutes and oh, it was wow. bigger. Do you think it's the, the demand, one, like because it's not something that you can just 
casually go to the website and it's always in stock. Do you think that demand creates a little bit of, I don't know, urgency? Yeah, I, I, I think so. I also think that in the downtime between when we had product on the site and when we didn't, just by like continuing to tell community stories and, and feature people uh, from the community that are super relatable and one of us and that we all know, um, people just kind of jumped on and, and we're down. I think New York City, I, I, I talk about it all the time, is like simultaneously like the hardest and easiest place to make it as a new brand <laughs> because it's like very saturated with a lot going on, but also everyone is so supportive, uh, which makes you know my life a lot easier. Definitely would not exist without everyone behind it. Yeah, I, th- I feel like that's, uh, I was just going to say that like New York City it's not like you're in, you know, Omaha, Nebraska, and you're trying to start a sock com- or apparel company, and then to fill in the gaps, you have nothing except a, you know, a couple of people coming out to group run. But in New York City, you can kind of build that sense of community, build a culture, have you know, a hundred people come out to a run or something like that, and then also, while while you're waiting on that next order, be able to kind of fill that gap in between and then, you know, build that excitement as well. And it's, that's pretty awesome to be there. Yeah. And speaking of culture, uh, you know, we've fallen around seeing some of the athletes that you guys have. And I don't know if they're sponsored or if they're just friends that are deciding to wear the brand. But you're you're getting uh, like how many women now have OTQ that are on your team? Because I know that you had a nice burst of them at, at Berlin, including Tim Rossi's friend um <laughs> but like like you guys have like when you talk about wanting to support everybody from serious running all the way through to spectators uh right now i'm looking at your team and i'm seeing a lot of people on the high end uh of the performance of the sport maybe at least at the amateur level yeah for sure um aaron gregor who's tim's girlfriend um has been also supporting Bandit since, you know, Tim was. Uh, I think they were a package deal. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we were super psyched to uh, to make, you know, to sign Aaron to an OTQ um, type deal, if, if you will. Um, we're, we're supporting her in her efforts. She just nailed it first try out of the gate in Berlin. We're psyched about that. Um, but the OTQ program is, like, the basis of it is we want to take a bunch of locals to New York or people who have roots to New York. So we, you know, we have some people who are out in LA, but you know, grew up here, um, ties to New York who are chasing those, those goals, um, and be able to support them. So Finley manages that program and he helps with guiding them, hooking them up with all the best resources they need to be in a really great position come race day. Um, making sure that they have all of the gear that, they need in order to do these things, um, which varies. Different people want different things on race day. Um, and of course, you know, from a, from a resource standpoint, just making sure that they feel like all they have to focus on is running their race. But that's the OTQ program. We do tons of different things for all different segments of the, the total population. Um, we do community spotlights that are a little bit more democratic and, and you know, um, maybe level or experience, right? And making sure that everybody feels really welcomed. And we pride ourselves at Bandit on this being like an incredibly inclusive community. 
Um, so it's just about showcasing different different people in different ways and, and not necessarily being like, we're for the super fast or we're for the entry level. We're, we really, we're a community and inherent in community is all different types of people. Yeah. So uh, speaking of that, I was going to ask related to the OTQ program or you just said with the athletes, they're telling you what they need as far as gear. How are you determining what like product? Is it just you guys have been running long enough that you're like, hey, here's the core pieces that every runner should have, or is there another way that you're determining uh, your your product line? Yeah, we're in the process of building out our full like goal assortment, um, kind of season by season. Right now, we're in a, a kind of a funny position, like finally having coming out with our performance apparel. Um, and fighting what we call the the supply chain demogorgons along the way. <laughs> like things have been really coming out in piecemeal. Um, so whenever we get stuff in, we package it up and, and we, we try to introduce it at, in a really compelling, creative way um, and get it on the site. Um, and that's just the nature of like the first year next year, 2023, we're in a really nice position where it'll it'll be a little bit more digestible and you won't have to be like, oh, Bandit's dropping another thing like a week after they just dropped stuff before and things like that. So looking forward to being in that in that category. But right now with the introduction, we really just wanted to like get the fundamental performance products. We started with racing and then we did a line for training, right? And now we're a couple days away from dropping some like colder weather um, item. So eventually everything will live on the site simultaneously. Um, but right now it's like just coming out in waves as we get there. So I, I see there's different clothing companies and I'm going to kind of like give you examples of, of two different like ways that they decide to, to present their, their collections. There's people like say sky who do kind of like capsules and like themes, uh, around things. And it's like different all the time. And then there's people like Tracksmith who have like, these are our core pieces. You're going to get them in different colors, but you're basically always going to be able to get X, Y, and Z. Do you see yourself um, and Bandit following one of those more closely than the other, like as far as philosophy? We're definitely trying to carve out what is right for us um, while being you know aware about what, what, what else is happening and how other uh, companies kind of go about it. But for us, what I what I personally feel is a really great sort of middle ground is coming out with a, a collection that you can internalize as something that's going to be there for a little bit and that there's not going to be something right behind it. So you don't necessarily think to yourself, like, should I wait on this because something else is coming out in a couple of weeks, which is like current state right now. Um and we're going to definitely build a couple like marquee platform items and we'll iterate off of those and we'll make new colorways and new designs and things like that. But I think where you'll end up seeing us go in 2023 is like, here's our spring one collection. And then like halfway through spring, you're going to see us do something really wild and really <laughs> interesting and very limited and like something that's going to jump out and be very unexpected. And then sort of towards the end of the season, you'll see us start to tease out the next season. Or maybe there's a smaller like spring two capsule. 
But the days of us, you know, dropping like four or five times a season probably won't last. That was really just the nature of this first year. Second check-in. All right, no matter what time you're running, I do love these fall morning runs and take advantage of it. I know you you might be coming off the marathon and you're not running yet and you're just uh, waiting to get through that rest period and it's probably perfect weather. That always seems to happen. Like, man, marathon happens. I'm not going to run for a week. That is like 50 degrees in the morning, calm winds, clear skies, and you're like, hmm, this would be great running weather. And of course, you look at the forecast for when you're going to start running again, and it's like 30 to 30 degrees, hard winds, rain, sleet. Anyway, be patient. Get out there when you're ready. If you are able to get out there right now, enjoy these cool temps. Yeah, I like that. And I guess along those lines of you know dropping something wild, doing something different, I do love the is it running focus, but there's also these lifestyle pieces or themes that you have going on simultaneously, um, which I love that cross collaboration between, you know, not just perform straight up performance, but like we're runners, we hang out and do things and like, yeah, culture and, and, uh, style. And like one of the ones that really struck me was the, uh, airport like photo shoot that you guys did. Um, which by the way, where did, like, how did you get access to wherever you were? I'm still like, I was like, how did this, how did they do this? And so, yeah, I, I kind of wondered about that. Yeah, yeah. So we did that shoot at TWA Hotel, uh, like right outside of JFK Airport. Okay. Um, Joe Hale, uh, Joe Hale shot that. Shout out to Joe. Uh, he's a legend. Um, and it's funny, we actually kind of killed two birds with one stone there that was like two hours before my flight to copenhagen (laughs) i was like all right we're gonna i gotta go there to jfk anyway like i'm not gonna go there twice so let's let's hit this at the same time um and we just got there i guess at like a perfect time because it was completely empty really everyone just let us do our thing and then i like saw a plane in the back and with a staircase up to it and i asked the guy i was like can we go out there and he just like nodded, like, of course you can go out there, and and so we just kind of had a field day with that plane. Dude, that's Photoshop. So, cool. uh, you know, so you didn't even have to it. rent the plane. That's awesome. It's funny because people like my my buddies text me, like, "Whoa, you guys must be killing it! You got a PJ?" I was like, no, no. <laughs> I like the PJ for the shorthand. So what yeah. like what's your background that you decided to take this on? Like, uh, do you have? Uh, background in apparel and like there's a lot of stuff that goes into it that people it's not just putting a cool print on a shirt or a pair of socks it's the packaging it's the delivery it's all these little things that you know you don't necessarily think about when when you're starting a brand even the hang tags and what safety pins you're going to use on stuff but um where did this come from yeah it's it's so involved and i've been learning a ton and honestly i don't like I've completely deferred all of that to our chief design officer, Ardith. I mean, I'm involved in the 
the high level creative process and, and the merchandising process and sort of acting as a soundboard from a, from like somebody who's deeply embedded in the running community for when people need certain things. Um, and I'll talk about Ardeth in a second, but my background, I've been an entrepreneur um, since as long as I can remember. Like I was the lemonade stand kid, <laughs> like in middle school when all my friends were skateboarding, I was like creating a skateboard brand and, and making stickers and tees. And I loved that. And then I really like through high school and college got very enamored with the Silicon Valley boom and fell in love with tech. Um, and then right after college and I had started like a couple websites and platforms in college and I kind of always chalked it up as like practice. Like I'm cr- practicing for starting a business one day when it, when it could be real. I think in the back of my mind, I was always like, this might be the one because um, <laughs> I love making businesses. Um, it kind of runs in my DNA. My, my father and my brother are the same way. Um, but after college, I worked in tech as a product manager managing data scientists, software engineers, um, visual designers, researchers to create enterprise and and consumer-facing software. Um, I did that for a handful of years. And uh, and then, you know, during COVID, I was just super, super bored. Uh, And one day I just got in from a run. My socks were puddles and this had happened plenty of times before and I was like a diehard Nike loyalist my entire life never wore another so (laughs) when I when I got in from the run I was like I gotta I have to make a sacrifice here and get rid of my Nike socks and trade them in for something else so I went on my computer and I started googling um, you know best running socks and I just couldn't find a brand that resonated with me like everything seemed like very silly or vibrant or like not edgy or not minimalist like like Nike, which I have come to love. And um, and so it kind of just clicked in my mind. I was like, this could be something that I could do. Like I could make myself a really cool pair of running socks. And um, I just started checking off some of the boxes like mentally. I was like, all right, like. Socks seem pretty affordable. Like I, maybe I have enough saved up to, to make some pairs myself. Um, I know how to make websites at this point. Like I could probably figure out how to make a great sock just by researching. And so that's what I ended up doing. And I, for the next couple months, just started creating socks with manufacturer partners and tested like uh, over a hundred pairs, uh, different permutations of them. And sort of narrowed in on the one that I loved the most and performed the best. Um, made, you know, uh, a few pairs, started wearing them around and um, ultimately decided, I was like, all right, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to make a big bat and, and sell them. Cause when I was wearing them around, people were interested and that was a really good sign. So um, it's funny. Cause now, Oh, sorry. As you're talking about this, I, I recently listened to the, the how I built this podcast with the Bombas uh, founders. And side note, they do sponsor some of our stuff, but this isn't <laughs> a pitch for them. But it was interesting because a lot of the stuff you're saying is the exact same thing that they talked about because they started out socks they, and they're still mostly socks. Um, but just like the test, trying to 
having to test out a hundred different pairs, like trying to get the right one. And then, you know, just the supply chain and everything like that. Um, but what's, what's interesting is you are in New York, which is the world, uh, at least the U S headquarters of, you know, apparel manufacturing mm-hmm. and design and that kind of stuff. So were you able to go up to like, I forget what street it is, but you know, and just go to these different factories and be like, can you do this? Can you make this? What do you got? Like, were you going like in the places? So I didn't go into any places. Everything got shipped to me initially. Oh, too. Um, but we do that all the time now. Um, so this is all to say, like, I knew that I could make a, a really good sock. I figured it out. But I knew for sure I could not make another really good product. Like, I just don't have the know-how to do that. So I never really even tried. Um other than a hat, a hat was another product that I was like, I can figure this out. There's only a couple materials. There's only a couple things you need to get right. The fit is pretty straightforward. Um, but like, I never tried really a hoodie or a tee or certainly any performance shorts or, or tops or anything like that. Um, and people would ask me all the time. And I was just like, believe me, you do not want me to <laughs> try to make that. It will not come out good. Um, <laughs> And that was like across the board. I really never tried to do anything that I knew I couldn't do really, really well. Um, you know, people ask like, oh, you should put on a race. And I was like, I I simply don't want to let you guys down. I'm going <laughs> to stick with what I now. Um, but now that's why, you know, we brought on who we brought in. Um, so like Finley with Community, he's probably one of the best in the world at making amazing running communities, being the founder of Brooklyn Track Club. And then, our, of course, our chief design officer, Ardith Singh, she's like the Michael Jordan of, or probably the Kipchoge is a better reference, of <laughs> uh, performance apparel uh, design. She was the founding designer at Bandier, which creates like unbelievably beautiful and appealing, really high performance, uh, performance products. So um, I've deferred everything to her. And happy to be a wear tester, but she's she's the expert and she's what makes our product so great. And it is interesting because I do notice like the small details in how the garments are designed. Like even from the you sent us a T-shirt and, and some stuff. And uh, I, I look at what's trending as far as style goes. And you'd say like, OK, a lot of us are wearing more fitted gear right now. Uh, but the trend is certainly going towards more of a boxy cut, a sort of androgynous um, style of, of maybe a little baggier, baggier fit. And I noticed that you guys are on the money with that. Like the T-shirt I got, it, like it, fits, it just fits a little bit different. The cotton is a heavy cotton, but it's not like a cardboard heavy cotton. Um, and, I, and just some of the cuts of like the sweatshirts and the, and the sweatpants are moving away from that really tight fitted look to more of a um, relaxed, I would say, uh, the style is, is just a little bit ahead of some of the other brands as far as, like, chasing that fashion. And you're saying that's coming from, uh, what, what did you say her name was? Her name is Ardith. Um, and I would definitely say it's a combination of, like, Ardith being just one step ahead at all times. She studies fashion trends every single day and and goes to you know all the fashion shows and reads every single report that comes through and it's really cool at the beginning of every season she puts together like a 200 page slideshow 
of what all of the biggest, most beautiful brands in the world, fashion brands, not not performance brands. Yeah. I guess like she'll definitely mention like Jacquemus and Nike collabs and things like that. Um, but she's really looking at performance apparel through a fashion lens. Um, and she sort of uses myself as our North Star. And I've always been a much more relaxed, fitted type of person. And I've always run in cotton. And I've always liked things nice and loose. So um, I sort of have more of a, a surf skate style than like a fitted athlete style. Um, so it kind of just comes naturally uh, to both of us. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, same thing. I forget. What's the – we have the light blue T-shirt. I think it's – I don't even know if it's out yet. It's with the – Run far. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that shirt. I already got a bunch of compliments on it, so it's really nice. Like the details are just really – like the side patch with like the zigzag detailing. Like it's just cool. Like it's just different. You don't see it in the running yeah, space right now. Yeah, it's definitely different. Um, we're not trying to be different for the sake of being different. We're really just trying to be ourselves. Yeah. Um, I, I love that shirt, but we're so obsessed with improving. And there's like so many little things that <laughs> we would do differently next time. And so like the next evolution of that shirt will be even better. So, um, it'll still be recognizable. You'll be like, oh, yeah, this is, okay, this definitely harks back to that original shirt, but I understand the improvements in the fit and the length um, and some of the detailing that make it a great, like, hybrid lifestyle running tee. So have you always been a runner? Because um, you mentioned that you've always run in cotton, which I don't know that most runners would say, but I do love, uh, it's nothing, like, especially this time of year, it's, like, perfect weather for running yeah, whatever the hell you want let's be honest in the summertime it, like it, you mm-hmm. don't wear a shirt <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, right 100% no I'm ditching the shirt at some <laughs> point um, but no I uh I grew up playing soccer um I played the highest level I played was sort of division one on a championship team in oh, wow. college where did you go um, to school so I started off at Fairfield University in Connecticut and then uh, transferred out and finished up at Monmouth University, okay. uh, which has a pretty solid uh, program. But that's that's right where I'm from. So sort of grew up going to those camps and I knew all the players and coaches. So I was like, all right, when I wanted out of Fairfield, I was like, I'm going to go back to my roots and hang out with those guys, which was awesome. Um but my dad is a uh, – he's a 12-time marathoner, and he's done two full Ironmans and, like, over 100 half Ironmen. So he, he has that Whoa. endurance bug that I caught from him. Um, and so after college soccer, I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm done with team sports, being competitive, and, like, getting, you know, tackled in, in these dangerous New York City leagues. <laughs> I'm going to – continue running, which I always used running to sort of train for soccer, but, um, I fell in love first and foremost with ultra running and sort of the mental side of it. So like my intro was like David Goggins, which is by (laughs) no means like a graceful intro to the sport. But, um, I started sort of running on my own doing, you know, little mental endurance tasks, like running a marathon around a track in the middle of the 
the hottest day in the summer. Like I did a 50 miler around a 0.8 mile loop. And I just like love that type of stuff. Stay hard. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, so, but eventually I found Brooklyn track club and a community of people who are really chasing like goals that made sense to chase after in New York city. Um, and I got really into marathoning and some shorter distance stuff. And, um, yeah, I've been doing, I've been in Brooklyn track club now for, for a few years, but I would say I've been, you know, focused on marathoning since about 2017. So hold up. I, sorry, I gotta go back. Did you just like independently think to yourself, Oh, I'm just going to run these weird distances like did you have other people doing this with you because that's not a normal way for people to get into running is to do like a 0.8 mile loop for 50 miles yeah definitely not claiming i'm that was a normal thing to do for sure <laughs> um, uh yeah i did them by myself i you know I, my dad biked the last 10 miles with me i had a couple friends like hanging out in my car um at some points but yeah, I don't know. It was just it was just weird. It was just like what I really liked in the beginning. I was kind of obsessed with it. That's yeah, that is I'd say that's the reverse uh way to get into running. Most people are like, Oh, I'll do a five K or half marathon, marathon, and then they get into ultra running, especially when they slow down. Instead you're like, let's just do the Goggin style straight out straight off the bat. Yeah, no, I definitely plan on going back to ultras at some point because honestly going going fast is so much harder in my opinion but um yeah i love i love both things i haven't run an ultra in probably a year or so but um it's definitely one of my favorite parts of the sport yeah are you running new york city marathon this year yeah i am yeah nice it's awesome so we we will be there we will be there as well so yeah yeah hell yeah Nice. It's going to be a great weekend. We've got oh, a lot yeah. of stuff planned. So I'm a little curious about, well, I'm sure with the community that you have, you're going to be doing some fun stuff, but there's different ways for people to interact with your brand. So there's uh, a couple, you can certainly just go to the website and order stuff if it's in stock, but you do have a, a, a way for people to feel more connected to bandit. Can you, can you talk about the, I don't even know um, what's called. I'm thinking it's Sam Sheldon's part of it, but. Um, there's like, it's not a subscription. It's more like a community, uh, membership. Yeah, it, it, we have a membership, um, but you don't need the membership to take part in anything that we do. It's, it's sort of like a, a cherry on top. And it's something that's like really great to have if you're a super avid active member of the greater bandit community. So we, we sort of designed it as a way to like, reward it's not like a rewards program by any measure but a way to make like if you're really active like we want to make your experience even better right so um with the membership you get early access to all of our drops um so when things are selling out really quickly we make sure that you have a chance to get them first since you've been like a super loyal person um you also get like vip perks to any experiences we throw so um, I guess I can probably break the news here, but we're throwing a, a very big uh, New York City Marathon after party. Um, and, you know, all of our members are going to get open bar, uh, a, 
all-you-can-eat buffet, um, early access, and yeah, I'm gonna sign right even, now. Even, Hold on, I'm even, signing wait, up right even now. If they didn't, uh, <laughs> even if they didn't run the marathon. <laughs> um, but yeah, the the membership is great, but um, most of our community is is just um, sort of they they take part of in different things on their own volition and um, without being part of the the actual you know paying membership. Um, so we throw unsanctioned races, we throw parties um, after different races like the Brooklyn Mile, the Brooklyn Half, um, and then when we were out at a few of our uh, fall marathon spots like Chicago, we threw a little bit of a happy hour before the three run two party and and things like that. So um, we just try to put on as many community experiences as possible that are that are valuable for people and really just make sure that you know we're continuing to evolve that full experience. Like, what do you do post race? Who are you hanging out with? Um, and and just making your experience as a runner just a little bit more wholesome and and community oriented. I mean, that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit, because uh, we're getting towards the end here, about where the future is going for Bandit and like what you're envisioning the brand to be like if, you know, it's always fun. I consider it like training, like you're getting ready for a marathon and sometimes we overlook the training. And right now you're in the training phase, I would say, like things are happening, you're getting it going. But obviously there's an end goal or uh, an ideal uh, space that you're hoping to be at at some point. What What does that look like for you? You know, I think it's really up to, I mean, it, it, it's it's so hard to say. I just want to see us be able to make the biggest possible impact that we can on the running community. Um, there's so much good that can be done. And this community is such a, it's such a great one. And I think just sort of um, centralizing this effort and making sure that like Bandit can have the biggest possible impact on inclusivity and running and, and, and all the different ways of, of giving back. Like that's always been what drives us like deep, deep down. Like sure. We have like business goals and like things like that. And we all have paychecks. We want to, you know, do well. Um, but ultimately like we talk a lot about like legacy here and like, what do we want to be remembered for and, and the impact that we have? And it's like, we really, really want to leave this world a better place. And, and I think like bandit being the vehicle to do that is awesome. And so, um, yeah, it's just kind of growing it and, and keeping community at the center and making sure that our values are always like where they need to be. Um, and we're going to stumble along the way. Like we're going to make mistakes. We're, we're not perfect for sure. Um, but like our heart is always in the right place and everyone in here cares so much. So, um, I think like ultimately we'll get to a place, hopefully we can stick around for, for years to come and, and do a lot of really good for a lot of people, um, across the world, like as big of an impact as possible, I'd say. Final check-in. You either just finished the New York City Marathon or you're about to run the New York City Marathon. Either way, 
if you did try any of the things that we recommended on our other podcast, Fuel for the Soul, let us know. We're interested in seeing how you fueled, how you hydrated, how you did your carb loading beforehand. So just a little tip, head over to the Fuel for the Soul and uh, let us know how you did. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I get that. I look at like a brand like Nike and I see the impact that they've made on American running and racing and competitiveness. And I mean, worldwide running, but specifically, you know, he brought brought men, you know, not the manufacturing, but brought shoes and development to the United States, worked on programs with athletes and, and got that there. Um, but you're right. It is missing that community aspect to it. I think aspirational. We look up to Nike and go, OK. They've got some of the top athletes performing, you know, extraordinarily well. Uh, Kipchoge, you know, would be a great example of that. Mm-hmm. But it's aspirational. So, like, somebody running a four-hour, five-hour marathon isn't looking at him going, I can get there. Um, but, you know, I guess people wearing Jordan brand didn't think they could actually all dunk. But, you know, getting into where, you, where you're saying with Bandit, I see that, like, is it not the democratization of running, but more like bringing in the idea would be bringing that community in a way that's a little bit different than say run happy or um, some of the other ways that brands are trying to, to bring athletes together. It, am I, am I kind of yeah. getting the vibe you're going for? Yeah, you are. And I, I think like Nike is doing and it has for a long time done an incredible job at representation in the sport and, and like doing both, like showing Ch- Kipchoge and, and then, you know, also like supporting uh, um, like clubs like uh, Tort- Tortuga Run Club right out of Chicago and watching uh, David Ruiz just like crush an eight hour marathon and like be so inspiring. And I think that that's that's amazing. Um, and like we want to we want to be able to do that, too. Um and yeah, in subtle, nuanced, different ways, um, and be really, really authentic. And um, you know, by no means are we like following in Nike's footsteps. We're really trying to carve out our own path and do what feels right to us at any moment. Um, but yeah, I, I think that we're really well positioned to be an authentic leader in the in the community space and like give back in, in different ways. And I know there's probably a million things that Nike does that I don't even know about and nobody knows about in terms of giving back. Um, but I think giving back for us is really at our core. Um, right now, a percentage of sales, every single sale goes to Fast Feet NYC. Um, when I first started the brand, like, after the first, right after the first drop and I made my money back and I knew that I was going to get through the second drop. Like we, we started a partnership with back on my feet, um, giving 5% of sales back to them. Um, and we're about to do a couple other things. Um, and so like, I love that. I love a charitable component. I think it's so important. Again, it's like deep down really why we're motivated to do these things. Nothing else really matters in the grand scheme. Like when you zoom all the way out, it's all about like making a positive impact. Um, so you'll just continue to see us be like a very mission oriented brand, someone who cares and gives back to the community in different ways, whether it's by telling other stories, 
giving resources to charities um, and, and things like that. So, yeah, that's kind of what gets us out of bed in the morning. That's awesome. Cool. I know you can never say never, but is in your roadmap, would you say there's a spot for footwear or is it, are we always going to be uh, apparel centric? I think that sounds like an awesome thing to work on. Um, and, uh, yeah, I don't want to give too much away, but, um, I don't think it's, you know, it's not something that we're shying away from. Um, it's something that really interests us. It's something that would probably start very, very experimental, um, and, and go from there. But, I think that there's a lot that can be done in that uh, in that category, and um, it just seems like a lot of fun. So we'll we'll see if we play in it uh, next year. Start to dabble a little bit, right. and uh, so if not promising a-, a new not promising a new shoe, new bandit shoe in 2023. But I think it's definitely something that we're going to start to play around with, uh, talk to partners about, and uh, and yeah, see what we can come up with. That's Interesting. I, so if it touches running, you want to be a part of it. Evolve the full experience of running, right? Um, and, and I think the Bandit brand is just a little bit different than anything else that's out there. And there's a lot of people who are, are looking for products that are in a different vein and, and designed in a different way than are currently designed and um, really you know, it's those products that are seen through a fashion lens, um, not a performance lens necessarily. And not like we talked about this at the very beginning with like the lifestyle clothes, like we don't necessarily make athleisure, right? We just make straight lifestyle clothes. Um, and that's a huge difference maker. Um, some of our products just don't have performance qualities to them and that's okay. Yeah. Um, you know, like not every runner needs to be looking like a runner 24 seven. You can look like a normal, cool. Person. Um, and then but also be, you know, have a product from a running brand. Right. So, um, yes, to answer your question, if it touches running, uh, in some way, we definitely would love to explore it. Cool. Awesome. That seems like a good place, natural place to, uh, wrap up. Robbie, do you have any other questions? Uh, I, there's only one question I was, thinking about like who's if you had to give your top inspiration for uh either you know for bandit or for just your aesthetic in general who would you say it was or or company uh top inspiration from a company's perspective i think there's a lot of companies that like i i love and admire um like i love i love nike i think satisfies like insanely authentic and really cool i think district vision does a lot of really dope things um and are super authentic like i admire those brands a lot yeah um but like our inspiration is straight brooklyn like through and through the runners of brooklyn and this community it's like we look around and that's where we grab our inspiration from people on the street you know, and, and people running by our office, like right now, just people have such a diversity of style here. Um, and, you know, it's a great, it's a great place to build a brand. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Anything else? I just said awesome. Cause you said awesome like three times. Super I just, awesome. I, I just went like that. You inspire me, Robbie. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, that's what happened. Rad. 
All right. Well, this has been enlightening. I really do dig the direction you guys are going. I love it because, like you said, you know, that it is a lifestyle and a culture. And I kind of, there's certain brands that I identify with and certain brands I don't. And I think that you guys are definitely, um, and even, you know, when we see the people that are coming to our uh, run groups and coming up into our, our uh, clubs, they're, they're bandit is resonating with them like we have members of our group that are showing up in the socks and showing up in the the gear the hat and everything like that and i'm like okay they're hitting with the right people and we're talking from a broad range of ages like from 20 22 to you know up, upwards i won't even go how high <laughs> but yeah uh, yeah there. we're we're all human we all like fun things there's common denominators between us um and, you know, that doesn't really go out of style, just treating people with, you know, things that are relatable and, and like they're humans and not speaking to them in businessy, markety ways and just like talking to them like the friends that they are and like the people of the community that they are. So, um, you know, those things will never change. I'm glad it's resonating. That's exciting to hear. Um, For sure. And love what you guys are doing as well. So I appreciate Thanks, you uh, pushing this. All right. Awesome. So uh, I guess if you want to check out more stuff, you can check out, uh, is it just banditrunning.com or is it just bandit.com? It can't be bandit. Yeah. Oh, I wish bandit.com was available. <laughs> One of these days. Uh, One of these days. Banditrunning.com uh, and on Instagram, banditrunning. All right. Great. Definitely give them a follow. And I do think that if you're on the Eastern Seaboard and you want to join up for any of these runs and stuff, how, how hard is it to, to get involved with the community in New York? I, I think it's incredibly easy, whether it's with us or any of the number of good clubs that we're connected to. We'd love to make intros, um, but you can literally rock up at any club and be welcomed with open arms. So definitely suggest like if you're in this area and you want to go to a club, just DM the account, say who you are, and I guarantee you they will let you come run with them. Um, and yeah, definitely check our page. Uh, we got a lot of stuff coming up for the marathon. So, um, cool. and all are welcome. Awesome. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Thanks for your time, Tim. And, uh, shout out to Tim Rossi for connecting us. Thank you, Tim. And, uh, we uh, look forward to watching this brand grow. So it looks like Appreciate it's off to it. a great Thank start. All right. All right. I, I really, I was kind of a fan of the gear before talking to Tim and yeah. that now I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm in, I'm in for the bandit. Yeah, let's do it. I like Super it. fan. I, I, I am like, there's a couple of the smaller brands that I'm just like, I love what you're doing. And there's a couple that used to be small that now I still love what they're doing. Like, I feel like he's going to fit in to like tracksmith has a certain customer and a certain vibe. Mm hmm. And I think that he has the niche feel of like a tracksmith, but with a different twist. So I yeah. think that it's going to be like there's good. more of an edge. Yeah, yeah, definitely an edge. Yeah, I mean, the name alone kind yeah. of bandit. Although he did point out in the podcast not to bandit races. Yeah, That's good. <laughs> very good. Uh, that goes for a young Brandon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was a good conversation. I'm excited to see what they do. And you know what? After we 
recorded the podcast kind of off air we got to talk to him more that which is always really my, interesting it's my favorite thing and i just wish other people could hear, could hear but i understand why not because you know we're talking about some insider stuff yeah but it's it's i feel like that's when the real stuff comes out i'm like how do we do how do we get people podcast? relaxed the only the only thing is like i feel like if we did it over cocktails yeah or it like i feel like sometimes we spend the first part of our podcast getting to know someone mm-hmm. and then once they feel comfortable and they feel like hey i know you then they relax a little bit and and the the stuff comes out and this was definitely one of those interviews where i i love the interview oh yeah but i do wish that the b side like if we had like a a b side to this uh 45 <laughs> that it would be really interesting for people but maybe and that we could release in a year once all the stuff we we're talking about happened did, uh, yeah did we <laughs> did we record it <laughs> i don't think we did speaking of which we're doing a new thing where we predict the future and i'm hmm, i'm gonna tell you i believe that ultra will co- will come out with a drop shoe at some dude 100 percent. did you see the comment on our the instagram post about that via olympus shoe some a guy was like i actually measured the stacks and it's like 37 31 yeah it's like a six millimeter drop if how do you do a rocker without a drop they're just (laughs) that's the thing they're just saying it's the the stack of foam is the same yeah the part touching the ground is the same interesting but but it's when you measure it in reality it's there's a drop yeah like so it's it's just a matter of people smoking that but sorry but maybe in that case they won't ever do it because they're like well we're making shoes with drop we're just able to to <laughs> well use technicality they're to no longer it. saying zero drop they're saying balanced is that true yeah oh yeah you're right it's balanced, balanced. balanced cushioning yeah which yeah. really gets you into a gray area yeah um because a rocker is balanced but I haven't tried that shoe yet. I think I'm going to take it out tomorrow. Of course, I've seen. There's I the only uh, he- headline I've seen. I didn't read the review, but it came from a review site that loves telling you everything is 100% the best mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, this is 100% the best ever cushioned ultra. And but it's only 33 millimeters of cushion anyway. Yeah. It's not that max cushion. And I. Look, I haven't run it yet, but I felt felt it. It feels hard as a rock. And one of the another person who commented on our Instagram said it's, like, it's pretty firm for Max Cushion shoe. Yeah, we'll see. I'm interested to see if it's like that Topo Athletic shoe that we got. That's what I'm going to guess it is. And you know, some people really dug that though. Yeah, I mean, if it's like people love uh, running in the Kambara <laughs> for everything yeah. and always, and yeah. that's just how it is. <laughs> Yeah, so it'll be interesting, but uh, I guess we can get into the part where we thank people and say goodbye. Yeah, uh, we have a new review. Oh, I love these. Oh, man. On Apple. Yes. So this is from someone I know. This is from Chapin. He said, he's the guy who ran with me in uh, Boston for the first seven miles. Oh. He said, best pod in the running game, hands down, crushes it every week, love this podcast, and have come to rely on it for my weekend long runs. Guests are always entertaining by the people for the people. Keep them coming and don't change a thing. The hosts are what makes this pod fire. Love it. Fire. Nice. So thank you, Chapin, for the very nice words. Um, If you haven't yet, guys, we'd love it if you would leave us a review on Apple. It means a lot, and it makes sure that our podcast gets shown to new people who haven't heard it yet. Yeah. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Wait, you said that twice in there. Boom, boom. 
hanging out with Ronaldo too much. Oh, boom, boom. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, hi, mom. Wait, we were done. We didn't thank people. I didn't say, hey, thanks to Brandon for producing this. <laughs> I can put hi, mom in there anywhere. Editing. You can. Editing it up. And all of you, uh, if you're listening to this podcast after the shakeout, man, thank you for coming out. Thank you for supporting our community. Thank you for being part of our community. It really means a huge amount to us. If, if you're, what if someone's listening to this podcast during the New York City Marathon and they got to this part? What, I feel like we should do a giveaway or something. Uh, yeah. We'll Keep send going. You, we'll, we'll send, we'll give you a medal at the finish line. Well, no, I'm saying, yeah, okay, whatever. Send us an email, send us an email and we'll. I mean, everybody's going to be like, I was totally listening. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Email. You had to show us your. Yeah, a yeah, photo of your phone with the a podcast up during the new york city marathon <laughs> someone okay. will do someone will do it uh, all right anyhow, yeah that was great have a great uh rest of your week if you're doing weeks <laughs> <laughs> okay all right you ready for the tips